Because if the farmer simply prayed for rain, but never broke up the ground, planted the seed, or pulled out weeds, we would call him irresponsible. But if a church leader does the same thing, we call them spiritual. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make all the difference. We're going to continue this week with, based off the theme of the last podcast, I'm going to share with you three things that we can do as leaders to help our church or our ministry or our business, if you're a business leader, church or our ministry grow. And and I want to I want to address this before we really dive in, because a lot of people, when it comes to growing churches or ministries, when they're asked, why is that church growing or why is that church um, ministry flourishing? The answer is always, well, it's just God. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a really incredible, awesome, spiritual answer. However, if it were just God, if it were only God and nothing or no one else, then why isn't every church or ministry in the world growing? You know, when we tell people, you know, when people ask, why is your church growing? And you say, it's just God you're basically telling other churches that aren't growing that God isn't with you, which is actually, I believe, an insult because I believe God really does want all churches and ministries to grow and thrive. So yes, it's absolutely God, 100%, but it's some other key factors as well, and that's what we're gonna discuss today, three key factors that really will help our church to step in to more growth and more potential growth than we've ever experienced. Number one is prayer. Number one is prayer. Now, this is like a no-brainer. There's a lot of you right now um, rolling your eyes. Maybe you're listening to this while you're on a jog or walking your dog or whatever, and, and you're like, okay, Perry, of course we're supposed to pray. But I learned a long time ago that prayer doesn't necessarily change God. It changes us. It doesn't necessarily change God's mind. Um, We've never given God a great idea, right? It changes our mind. And I'm 100% sure that as a leader, you've prayed for your church to grow. But I'm not talking about us praying more for our church to grow. Our churches growing really begins to catch fire when we lead the people that we lead to pray for the church to grow as well. Let me say that again. When we pray for our church to grow, it sets our hearts on fire. But when we begin to lead our churches to pray that we would grow, that we would reach more people, that we would fulfill the Great Commission, it actually engages better because this is why. As they pray for their church to grow, God will change their hearts and we will be on the same page. 
as far as people begin to, to, when people begin to pray for what God wants, it connects their heart with God's heart. And then we don't feel like we're battling people from the pulpit to change their minds. We're actually working with them in partnership because we're praying for the same thing they're praying for. They're praying for the same thing we're praying for. And at the end of the day, we are praying for God's will because God wants us to reach more and more people. So at the end of the day, what can you do as a leader to get everybody on the same page in regards to praying for your church to reach more people? Could you do a seven-day prayer guide? Could you share with them five things to pray for? And one of those things being um, the, the, the friend or family member that they need to bring to church. Whatever it is, if we could get our people focused on connecting with God about what God really cares about, I believe we will see um, church, our, our church begin to maximize the potential that God has for us. So prayer is number one. <clears throat> number two is plan. Plan. At the end of the day, growing churches really do have a lot to do with leadership. God is into design and, a, and leadership has a lot to do with the design that God has planned. One time, there was an incredible leader that I admire. He, w- he pastors um, a pretty large church, and he got a letter. This was before social media. Uh, oh, God. So, yeah. Anyway, um, and he got a letter from somebody saying, hey, I think you're making a little bit too much um, of a big deal about leadership. Leadership's not that important, yada, 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 yada. And um, the friend of mine typically did not respond, but he said he felt just a prompting to sit down and write this guy back. And this is what he wrote. And instead of trying to summarize it, I literally um, copied it, and I just want to read you what he said in regards to leadership and planning in churches. He said this, In my opinion, prevailing acts to churches are not sheer accidents in the spirit kingdom. They are not the result of lotto drawings in some little side room of heaven where under-challenged angels fool around with numbered ping-pong balls and then one gets chosen and a church on earth gets lucky. In my humble opinion, prevailing churches are rarely the result of people-pleasing pastors whose goal in life is to keep the sheep quiet and keeping the goats from getting too close to the pen And prevailing churches, in my opinion, almost never evolve out of little rotating committees of well-meaning church members whose primary objective is to get re-elected to office by the congregation every three years. Prevailing churches, from what I can see in God's Word and from what I can see in my travels throughout the world, tend to manifest themselves as Romans 12, 8, spiritually gifted leaders or small groups of 12 8 leaders finally start to do what God called and gifted them to do in the first place. They start to lead. They lead humbly. They leave with a serving towel over their arm, but they lead. They paint compelling pictures of what their little faith-starved community could become someday. someday. <clears throat> they cast compelling visions. They challenge people to get off their rear ends and start working together toward the achievement of the vision. The leaders fire up and motivate, fire up and inspire people in the church to work together. They they develop and train people. 
They love the people. They love the people toward the vision. These 12 eight leaders keep the mission clear. They make sure the teaching of God's word is accurate and uncompromising. They employ good strategies. They keep the resources flowing in the right direction. And over time, you know what happens as these leaders do the right things? Over time, lost people start getting found. And found people start getting grown up. And isolated people start being drawn into community. And the poor receive compassion. And God gets the glory for it all. And the gates of hell gets pushed back a little bit more in a given community. And Acts 2 things starts to happen. I explained all this in my letter to that man and then closed the letter by saying, like it or not, that's how it happens in my humble opinion. I've seen it all around the world. I've seen it in scripture. Prevailing churches have a lot to do with leadership. And leadership, and this is just me, this is the end of that letter, which was awesome, by the way. Leadership has a lot to do with planning. So with that in mind, let me just give you five steps or five things for your leadership team to think about um, or talk about in regards to planning for the next several months of ministry. The first step is research the local school calendar. Um, research the local public school calendar. Let me say that. Because the local public school calendar will tell you the best time to engage or to re-engage your church with a series. For example, whenever the students go back to school, that is a great time to do a vision-based series because that's, all, that's almost like January all over again. Everybody's getting back into their normal routine. They're getting back into a rhythm. And so the Monday that the kids go back to school, the Sunday before is a great Sunday to start some sort of vision series that really fires people up. Also, just a little um, hint, always look for the weekends where there's going to be um, a teacher's in service weekend or whatever weekend where the kids get out on a Friday or where the kids get out on a Monday. That's not a great weekend to start a brand new series. And you're going to be down about five or 10% because parents are more likely to take a long weekend. And if there's a um, long weekend where there's a Friday and a Monday where the students have off, you're going to be down about 15 to 20%. And it's not because people don't love Jesus. It's not because people don't love church. It's because parents are like, oh my gosh, vacation time, let's go. So so research the local uh, school calendar. Um, second step is what can you do to keep people engaged? So let's say you start the series when the kids go back to school and it's a vision based series. This year at Second Chance, we're going to do I Love My Church, and it's going to be a, about a four-to-week, four-to-six-week series that's pure vision-based, encouraging people to um, get more involved and do what we can to reach the world for Christ. But then after that, we're, we're going to do another series, and that series is going to be key because we're going to gain momentum in the I Love My Church series but what can we do to keep that momentum in the next series? So you, you not only have to come up with a series idea, but you have to tell people why it matters to them. Why should they come back after the, the hot base vision series that, that you do? Um, we can tell them what we're going to do, but they're more compelled when we tell them why we're going to do it. <clears throat> Number three, what is your plan for developing leaders? 
What is your church's current plan for developing leaders? Because in order to grow, you're going to have to increase the capacity to lead more people. And the only way to increase the capacity to lead more people is to build up leaders. So what's your plan? And if there's 100 churches out there, there's 100 different plans. Um, Let me back up. If there's 100 churches out there, there's 10 different plans. 90 churches are just praying about it. Um, And we'll talk about that in a second. But at the end of the day, you got to have a plan for developing leaders. And people ask me, Perry, what is your plan? I'm like, it depends on the church. It depends on the leader. It depends on the people. It depends on the situation. But at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of plan in place to develop your current leaders. Number four. What are you going to do this year for your Christmas offering? Now, I know this podcast is going to be released um, the last su- the, or the last day of July or the second last day. I can't even remember. How many days did July? Let me do the Knuckles thing. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Okay, so, so it'll be in, it'll end, this will be introduced in July, but it's, th- this is the right time to begin to discuss what you're going to do this year for your Christmas offering because it can't sneak up on you. Now, maybe you don't do a Christmas offering, and if you don't, it's not a big deal. But if you're going to plan the Christmas offering, now is the right time to begin those discussions because too many churches, um, they'll say they're going to have a Christmas offering, and then they just pray, and just about every time that's the plan— we, we receive way less than we expected. So what are you going to do for your Christmas offering? And, and step number five that you can talk about under this is what is the next big step of faith that the Lord wants your church to take? I'll say it again. What's the next big step of faith that the Lord wants your church to, to take? Because you can't take steps forward if you don't identify them. And once you identify that step, what do you need to begin to do to put yourself in a position to actually take it? Those are just five things that you can talk through under the planning portion of, of this podcast. Number, so number one is plan. Or I'm sorry, number one is prayer. Number two is plan. Number three is perspire. Perspire. That means sweat, baby. Because if you want to see your church grow, it's going to take more than prayer and planning. It's going to take work. And there really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to this. When, when people tell me I'm praying about it, what I've discovered is that phrase is all too often an excuse for inactivity because I've learned in church world and the business world, ideas are crap. It's execution that matters. I'll say it again. Ideas are crap. It's execution that matters. Noah, when he got the vision to build the ark, did not pray the ark out of the sky. He had to go out into the woods and cut down trees and chop lumber and do the measurements. It took work. When it comes to growth, every every reference in the scriptures to to growth is agricultural because it was an agrarian society and people people could relate. Well, when, if we're talking about agriculture, a farmer can't just go out into the middle of a field 
and pray. The farmer has to plant. The farmer has to perspire, um, and then the father, and, and then the farmer has to pray for the rain to fall. Now, I'll say it again: the farmer does have a plan. Hey, I'm going to plant corn here. I'm going to plant tomatoes here. I'm going to plant cucumbers here. The farmer does have to pray because ultimately God is the one that brings the rain. But then the farmer has to be willing to put the seed in the ground and weed the garden. Because if the farmer simply prayed for rain, but never broke up the ground, planted the seed or pulled out weeds, we would call him irresponsible. But if a church leader does the same thing, we call them spiritual. That's not right. Your church can do this. And let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. When in the world did it become a bad thing for a leader to want their church to grow. I'll just say this. Your church can do this. God will send you what you need and who you need to take steps of faith. The most recent example is Second Chance, the church I pastor, starting, started in December in 2017 in a living room with an iPhone 7. No, no, no. <laughs> Didn't even have like a tripod. It just propped it up on some bookshelves. But slowly but surely, God began to bring people and resources into my life. Um, As soon after, we began to have a smaller group meeting. We began to look for a facility. Now we have a facility and have we have two morning services. We're getting ready to add a third service in the evening to accommodate growth, and we've acquired more space in order to get ready for an expanding children's ministry. But all these things have happened as a result of a lot of prayer, not just from me, but from our church. It's happened because we've made plans to get these things done. And then it's happened because people have been willing to work. Because at the end of the day, I believe God works through people who work. I'll say it again. God works through people who work. So those are the three things that we can do as leaders to set our church up for growth. At number one, pray. Get our people praying for the same things that we are. Number two, have a plan. And let me say this, that plan needs to be in bite-sized chunks so our people can absorb it step by step. And number three, perspire. We've got to be able to work the plan if the plan is going to work. That's it this week for the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Hope everybody has a phenomenal, phenomenal rest of the week or rest of the month whenever you're listening to this, and I'll see you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.